You're listening to Token Talks, brought to you by Wing Venture Capital. I'm your host, Zach DeWitt. One of the reasons, among many, that people are interested in blockchains is because it gives people a way to sort of exert better control over who does and who does not have access to their data. You know, and I think New Cypher is, is certainly one of the pieces within that in terms of you know, being an access control layer for easily being able to share data, revoke access to data. Today, we are joined by McLean Wilkinson of New Cypher. The New Cypher token is not yet listed on exchanges, but is worth following. New Cypher is an infrastructure-level protocol for the data privacy layer of blockchains. There are many decentralized applications building on top of blockchains that need certain read and write permissions for various data sets, and New Cypher helps them properly encrypt their data and delegate access accordingly. For example, you will hear McLean talk about how New Cypher can help protect data privacy for electronic medical records built on top of a blockchain. New Cypher is vying to be the trusted technology for data privacy and management built on blockchains. Welcome to the show, McLean. Thanks for having me. Please introduce yourself. Sure. So I am one of the co-founders of New Cypher, uh, which is a data privacy layer for blockchain and decentralized applications. Uh, been more or less in the blockchain space for about four-ish years now. Um, started my career at Morgan Stanley on the investment banking side, doing M&A and, and, and capital raising for large tech media telcos. Was there for two years, came out to the valley, got very interested in, in Bitcoin and, and blockchain and Ethereum because it was this nice intersection of sort of multiple interests of mine, including obviously the finance and the econ piece, but also I have a background in software engineering. And so it ticked that technology box for me as well. Um, yeah, and I've been out here sort of working on different projects in, in the space for, for a while now with my co-founder. So what is New Cypher? So New Cypher gives developers a way to store, share, and manage private data on public blockchains, or, or more specifically, like the public file systems like IPFS or Swarm uh, that sit on top of blockchains. So a very simple use case would be if you are a developer and you're building a healthcare application on top of Ethereum and you want to store patient records on something like IPFS or Swarm, obviously those records are very sensitive and should be private, um, but everything... Uh, by definition, everything you kind of load up or upload to IPFS is public by default. Um, anyone can go down and download those files and look at them. So you have to have some way to have those files be encrypted. But then you run into the problem of how you can actually share those encrypted files with some valid recipient. So in this case, let's say like a doctor or a hospital. And we are providing this access control infrastructure. So giving you a way to use all these sort of new decentralized public consensus networks but at the same time, control who can and can't actually access the data that you're storing there. Yeah, so that's really interesting. And in that use case, I'd love to hear a little bit more how that works in terms of the healthcare records. Um, who decides who gets access to data? Um, are you able to change who gets access to data? You know, how does all that work using the, the new Cypher protocol? Yep. So from the protocol's perspective, everyone in the system is just basically represented by a public-private key pair. Um, so you have a data owner who owns the data, who originally encrypts the data. Um, they'll store it somewhere. Um, New Cypher doesn't care where. It could be on any storage layer. And then they, at that point, they're the only one who can decrypt that data because they're the one that owns the private key. But 
if they need to share that data with some other person, um, they can create a re-encryption key or they can delegate or grant access to that encrypted data um, without having to share the private keys. Um, they can also revoke access afterwards. So you have some data owner who ultimately retains control over the data, but has the flexibility to to give others access either temporarily or you know conditional on you know some event. So what verticals will New Cipher initially focus on and um, gear their product towards? New Cipher is is fundamentally just a piece of horizontal infrastructure. So really, anyone who is managing private or secret data, particularly if they have some requirement to share that data, which is you know the case in most most times, um, would be a potential user of New Cipher. Uh, in practice, where we've gotten a lot of early traction has been in a couple different verticals. One has been with healthcare projects, um, doing things very similar to sort of what I described around sharing medical records with doctors or hospitals. So projects like Mediblock, um, Health Convicts, IRYO, Wholesome, we've got probably a dozen or so of those that are actively using New Cipher for that. Uh, we also have a lot of projects that are building data exchanges or data marketplaces. So projects like Datum um, that are aggregating a bunch of different sorts of data. It could be user browsing history, social media data, genomics data. They're encrypting that data and then selling it to advertisers or researchers or people who want to run you know, machine learning algorithms on top of it. And they're using Cypher to conditionally decrypt or grant access to that data in exchange for payment. Um, another big vertical has been some of the decentralized databases like BlueZell and Fluence that are, are planning to use us as the access control piece, so to c- control who can and can't actually query uh, their databases. According to the NewCypher website materials, NewCypher uses proxy re-encryption. How would you explain proxy re-encryption to a high schooler? <laughs> so proxy re-encryption is just fundamentally a more scalable form of public key encryption. So I'll try to explain public key encryption first. So public key encryption is this idea that, um, or it's a way to easily share data or some message. So you have a secret message um, that I want to share with someone else. So I can use a the public key of that person to encrypt data. I can send it to them, and they can use their private key to decrypt it. So a private key is something that is private, is secret. You should protect it very well. A public key is almost like your, your mailing address, so you can share that freely. So public key encryption works very well for that one-to-one communication. So I have some secret message. I want to share it with one person, my friend. If now I need to share that message with a dozen people or a hundred people or a thousand people, it starts to get a little bit trickier because I'm having to encrypt that same message a dozen times, a hundred times, a thousand times. I'm having to send it across a network equally as many times. It just doesn't scale very well at all. Uh, What I can do with proxy re-encryption instead is I can encrypt that message one time and then I can store it somewhere, uh, IPFS or any storage layer, it doesn't matter. And then I can delegate access to that encrypted message to as many people as I want. And this is a much cheaper way to do it than having to encrypt that message over and over again. Um, and so re-encryption is, for proxy re-encryption is this concept of actually taking that encrypted data that's encrypted under my key originally, and then re-encrypting or re-keying or transforming it so that it is now encrypted for the recipient's key and they can decrypt it with their own private key. Um, And the magic piece of proxy re-encryption is that that transformation can happen without ever decrypting in the middle. And how does NewCypher make money? So there's this concept of uh, nodes in the NewCypher network. And if you are a node in the NewCypher network, you are providing basically this re-encryption service to all the users of, of NewCypher network. 
and you are paid or you're compensated in ETH that users pay as a fee, as well as uh, new new cipher tokens that are you know printed on some inflation schedule. Uh, we as a company are going to obviously be a large holder of those initial tokens, and we will be staking those tokens and running nodes ourselves. Um, so we'll be one of the larger node operators in the new Cypher network at the beginning, um, and we'll be running nodes, but just like everyone else. So we won't be especially advantaged in, in any, any way other than just being a large holder of nodes. How does the new Cypher token fit into the business model? Sure. So the primary function of our token is for staking. Um, so if you want to be one of those nodes that I described, you have to somehow get a hold of the new Cypher token, stake it into a smart contract, and that gives you kind of the right to actually then provide work to the network. And it also has this, this function of uh, being kind of a collateral or security deposit. So you're putting something of value at risk, and this basically gives you an economic incentive to behave correctly. So it keeps you from going offline. It keeps you from you know, basically doing things that you shouldn't be doing. If one of our listeners today wants to be a node on a new Cypher network, walk me through how they do that. Sure. So they would have to get a hold of uh, a sufficient number of new Cypher tokens or some minimum staking requirement that's still to be determined. Uh, you would get those tokens, you would stake them into an Ethereum smart contract, which locks them for some, some period of time. It could be six months or a year or however long you set. And that gives you basically the right to then provide work to the network. So what that entails is you would have to spin up some node. So it could be a Raspberry Pi or some sort of cloud-based instance on AWS. You would install and configure the new Cypher node software there. And then you would just join the network and, and then basically do this re-encryption um, on demand. What are the near-term priorities for new Cypher? Sure. So actually today we just launched... Uh, Umbral, um, which is the underlying proxy re-encryption scheme that we're using for, for the new Cypher KMS. Um, we will be launching Testnet um, very soon, so in the next several weeks, um, and then Mainnet not too long afterwards. Uh, obviously, once we are on Testnet, we'll have a better idea of kind of what the sticking points are, what needs to get fixed, what's not working well, what is. Um, but it, I think all of this will happen, you know, certainly in, in you know, a time span of, of a few months as opposed to, you know, longer uh, a year or anything like that. That's exciting. It's been fun to follow your traction and how quickly you guys are moving. Um, what's the big vision for New Cypher? Yeah, so what we are trying to do is basically be the underlying data privacy or security layer for all dApps. Um, so if you think of all these critical very exciting, futuristic, decentralized applications that you know people talk about, like decentralized Uber, decentralized social networks. Basically, all of these, in some capacity, are dealing with sensitive data. It could be as simple as customer names and addresses, or, or you know, chat messages. Uh, but there has to be some way to have private data um, in these dApps. And right now, there's really not. Um, and we want to be that. That layer. Um, so it's almost like, you know, if you're familiar with TLS or HTTPS or that green little lock at the top of your Chrome browser, New Cypher wants to be that, but for dApps. And what has been the most difficult part of building New Cypher? So the, the trickiest piece, I mean, there's obviously our, our technology is sort of a very low level piece of infrastructure. So there's a lot of uh, complex cryptography that we have to implement correctly. Um, just to make sure that uh, you know we're not exposing the system to side channel attacks or different types of, of attacks. 
Um, so basically being very diligent and cautious about how we're uh, implementing the cryptography that we're using in the system, um, but also sort of designing a lot of the token economics. You know, so this concept of staking the token and then slashing that stake if a node misbehaves is obviously a, a very difficult thing. So you have to sort of at the intersection of cryptography and, and economics and you know, network security. And so making sure that we're only doing that or only slashing people's stake in the appropriate circumstances and building this challenge protocol and, and making sure that we're properly managing all the different edge cases is something that's it's very difficult. It's sort of a really a new field that a lot of projects are dealing with right now. Um, so there's not totally well understood um, how these sort of challenge protocols should work. And that's been one of the, the most challenging pieces. You certainly have world-class crypto investors, including Polychain. Um, but please tell us a bit more about your fundraising and how that process went. Sure. So our company is about two years old. Uh, we started end of 2015, beginning of 2016. Uh, initially did a sort of traditional equity financing into the company that was led by Y Combinator and, and a few micro VCs uh, here in the Valley. That was back in the fall of 2016. And then the fall of last year, 2017, we did a private institutional pre-sale of our token to uh, crypto funds, some, some traditional VCs as well. That was led by Polychain, uh, FBG Capital in China, Kinetic, um, Compound VC, and many others. Uh, so we were very fortunate to have a really strong roster of crypto expertise uh, in that round um, who have helped with a lot of different things from sort of thinking about the crypto economics, to uh, recruiting people that you know, have experience in the space. Um, but that round really looked much more like just a traditional you know, venture raise than in sort of a, a, a new era ICO. Um, we went, we pitched people in person, and you know, it was on a staff, so it was like signing documents and things like that as opposed to dealing with crypto. Um, so it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't too sort of far out of the you know, traditional uh, venture raise type of type of model. For our listeners that are excited to join and be active members of the New Cypher community, what is the timeline for when your tokens will list on exchanges? Sure. So we are still working through all of the legal and regulatory requirements around you know launching the network and you know having a token go live. As far as getting listed on exchanges, obviously it wouldn't happen until you know the token is live, and then once that happens, I think our our position as a company is that we'll leave that to the market, to you know as as far as whether this gets listed on exchanges or not. You know, obviously we are hoping and planning and intending to do a public sale concurrent with the mainnet launch of the network, so that would be the first opportunity for the general public to get a hold of, of the tokens. For all the protocols being built in crypto right now, it's so important to build and support a vibrant community. Tell us more about the new Cypher community. Sure. So we've you know been fortunate in that we have, in my opinion, a very good community, one that has a strong technical bent and is focused on building applications on top of new Cypher or contributing directly to our ecosystem. Um, I think we've, you know, tried to do as much as possible to kind of cultivate that aspect of things as opposed to you know, maybe sort of something that's more focused on speculation or, or on the token itself. Um, and so we have a couple of different areas where we engage directly with our community. One, obviously, is our Telegram channel, which is you know, for general news and um, you know, crypto enthusiasts. We have sort of more technical or development discussions that happen uh, in the open just internally to our dev team, as well as with potential users of, of the new Cypher platform, which is on Discord. 
So we are generally pretty easy to get a hold of and available. Um, if you want to follow sort of the the technical and the development in real time, all of that's happening uh, again on the open on GitHub. Um, so it's easy to kind of track different issues that are outstanding and, and see you know what our team is is working on at that moment. And who are the competitors to New Cipher? Sure. So I, I think uh, in the traditional sort of world, setting aside blockchain for a second. You have things like data tokenization or data masking, which would be considered somewhat equivalent. Really, right now, if you were to try to have private data on IPFS or Swarm without new cipher, what you would probably do is you'd probably just use traditional public key encryption, and you'd either just share around the private key with people you want to give access to, which is generally not a particularly secure thing to do because obviously you're, you know, by definition, you're giving people your private key, and it's you know, key distribution is a challenging problem in itself. Or you would be downloading the encrypted data client side, decrypting it, encrypting with the recipient's public key and sending it to them. So, you know, pretty clunky process there. Um, there are a few projects that are working kind of on uh, similar goals in terms of data privacy on public blockchains, um, like Enigma, uh, which are doing a multi-party computation, uh, which is an interesting approach um, as well. Um, but I think uh, more focused on sort of general uh, computation on top of encrypted data as opposed to access controls. Maybe this is a good opportunity to talk a little bit about your co-founder. I've watched a few of his YouTube presentations, uh, obviously very intelligent, very decorated. Um, so I'd love to hear a bit more about your CTO and co-founder and how you guys met and got connected. Michael is a physicist and scientist um, sort of by training. So he graduated from the Moscow Institute of Physics and Technology and was doing his postdoc uh, on ultra-cold atoms, which actually happens to be relatively closely related to sort of things like quantum computing and cryptography. Um, got tired of being a postdoc and came out here to Silicon Valley. Um, originally, was building infrastructure tools at LinkedIn, um, but always had sort of the the desire, the intent to start, you know, a project of his own. Um, so we originally met at the San Francisco Bitcoin Developers User Group to sort of hit it off, did a bunch of different projects and realized we worked very well together, had a complementary skill set and ended up uh, sort of going all in and um, originally building ZeroDB and obviously now New Cypher. New Cypher is a key player in the data privacy layer for blockchain apps. What are some of the trends you're observing in this data privacy layer? Yeah, so I think right now this issue is really coming to the forefront for a lot of people as you have this sort of exponential explosion of the amount of dApps that people are starting to build and the amount of developers that are new to the space and that kind of have been, had their imagination captured by Ethereum, this idea of decentralized applications, and they start building something and they quickly realize, oh, wait, like not only are all the transactions that I do with Bitcoin or Ethereum, they're, they're public, there's an auditable trail of those. But also if I'm using these sort of second layer uh, file systems that sit on top, everything I'm storing there is public as well. Um, and they're like, uh, they start to realize, oh, wait, that's, that's a total non-starter because I have, you know, like customer names, addresses, social security numbers, healthcare records any kind of sensitive data, which is the case for almost every application, they start sort of searching around for how do you solve this problem. And in general, right now, they usually end up finding new Cypher because we're more or less the only um, solution for that. And I, obviously, that's a great for, position for us to be in. It's also um, 
you know, gives us a big responsibility of actually shipping something soon on mainnet that's available for people to use um, and solving this problem for the industry. Um, and at the same time, making sure that we're doing that correctly. Um, I think it's a pretty big responsibility, actually, like if you're offering some sort of crypto system that's telling people that it's going to be a secure way to store and share data, that you should be doing that correctly. Um, you know, I think uh, this is this data privacy and confidentiality data security issue is, is something that's important for blockchain, but also just for the technology industry in general. I feel like every month I'm getting an email alert about my data being jeopardized or attacked. Even this morning, I got an email from eBay saying that my data has been jeopardized and there may be a potential breach and I should immediately log in and change all my information. I haven't logged into eBay or purchased anything off eBay in five or six years. And how does a, a platform or a service like New Cipher help to 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 better protect uh, your data layer as you start seeing uh, you know more of these d, d apps be built on top of these blockchains and can they prevent what you know these these almost monthly recurrence of of privacy breach emails this has been one of the i think the drivers for the space in general not just new cipher but this idea of th that blockchains can give regular people a way to reassert control over their personal data and not you know have giant incumbents like Facebook or Google or, you know, eBay or Equifax or any of these large companies that basically have taken full control over a huge amount of personal information of, you know, basically everyone in the world and are able to monetize that, you know, for their own benefits. I think one of the reasons among many that people are interested in blockchains is because it gives people a way to sort of exert better control over who does and who does not have access to their data. You know, and I think New Cipher is, is certainly one of the pieces within that um, in terms of, you know, being an access control layer for easily being able to share data, revoke access to data. But I think that's, uh, I think that's a very interesting, um, you know, point for the space in general and, and is driving a lot of, um, you know, general interest towards blockchain and dApps. I have a theory that the privacy won't exist in 10 or 15 years. You think about the number of IoT sensors, autonomous vehicles, which will be constantly videoing every surrounding, um, you know, the, the new the new data touch points. It's going to be very difficult to have any privacy, and the services that can help offer you privacy and control your own data will be very valuable. What is the interaction for users with New Cipher? It's a it's an infrastructure layer. Or is the end user ultimately seeing um, when who, who gets access to their data, who controls it, or would that be at the discretion of the D app that's using New Cipher, and it'll be a pass through? So uh, an end user generally would not interact directly uh, with New Cipher. There'd be some layer of abstraction between New Cipher um, that would be the you know built by the application developer of whatever D app they're using. Let's say it's a healthcare application. Um, there would probably be some sort of UX or UI that the, the app developer would be responsible for building and then doing the integration with New Cypher on the back end. So a, a regular user wouldn't and, and frankly probably shouldn't be aware of the fact that New Cypher proxy encryption is happening under the hood or for that matter even that you know, blockchain is being used under the hood. I don't think that's a relevant thing um, for the average person. They don't understand you know, necessarily how you know, the internet works. Um, and they don't need to, but uh, I think just us, you know, providing that mathematical and cryptographic guarantee of data privacy is um, just something that uh, we're very focused on. I think that's well said. I, I really agree that the the most successful 
uh, decentralized applications, which are built on blockchains, will really abstract everything away from the user. They'll they'll provide a really clean UI UX for the end user. You know, when you go to these developer conferences, you don't see a lot of designers, and I think that will be an emerging trend over the next year or two. Uh, really, the the beautification and improvement to the UI UX and and making the end user almost not even know they're using blockchain or using some of these really powerful infrastructure layer protocols as part of their uh, experience with the product. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely right, and there's really a great opportunity for people that are excellent developers and UX designers to get into the space and sort of create that uh, user-facing layer, which I think right now is, is definitely lacking. We have a lot of excellent distributed systems engineers, a lot of excellent security engineers, a lot of excellent uh, cryptographers that are working in this space right now, but we probably do need to uh, get kind of an equal amount of um, you know, tier one designers and, and UX people involved as well. And how can our listeners follow your progress? Uh, a lot of ways. So we have a mailing list. You can sign up for that. We send probably uh, twice a month sort of community or developer updates, just keeping everyone kind of up to date with our progress on the technical front. Um, we're pretty active kind of on the developer technical conference circuit. So speaking at places like Stanford BPACE or ETHCC, any of the conferences that are more focused on the technical or developer tooling aspect of blockchain, um, we're frequently there. We sponsor a lot of hackathons. Um, digitally, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, the quickest way to engage with us is probably either in our Telegram group or on Discord. Um, so Telegram, just for sort of general questions, uh, Discord is where all of our developers hang out. Um, we can have more sort of technical focused conversations there. What are some of the important themes you're observing in crypto today? Uh, again, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, the infrastructure stuff. Um, it's still very early in the space and there's a lot of um, you know gaps in terms of uh what we as developers will need to build really robust uh, dApps, so things like privacy, scaling, uh, computation, even even file storage. Obviously, that that piece is crowded, but there's sort of a lot of work to get these systems production ready. You know, I think also there's a lot of interesting work happening around formal verification of smart contracts. Um, it's not the same as web app development where you can move fast to break things. Um, if you know, if you're sloppy in building. A contract that's literally, you know, you saw it happen with the Dow, and hundreds of millions of dollars gets you know, drained. And so, I think it's it's important that people have a very good understanding of all of the edge cases for a smart contract, under a good understanding of exactly what a smart contract is going to do, and under what conditions. Informal verification is an interesting uh, area of study. There, um, there's a lot of interesting work around scaling, both on and off chain, with things like Raiden and Lightning, um, you know, sharding with Casper. Um, I think the other, the alternative smart contract platforms are also very interesting. Um, Ethereum also obviously has a, an extremely strong lead in terms of developer mindshare. Um, but, you know, projects like Dfinity and Tezos and, and a few others have, you know, interesting approaches and are doing, I think are doing valuable work regardless of whether or not, uh, they ultimately become competitive or are able to surpass Ethereum. Um, the work that they're doing, I think. You know, at the very least, could get you know, integrated into Ethereum. On the more sort of consumer-facing application side of things, um, that's a lot harder to predict. I think it's the same with sort of any new platform. It's the same with you know, smartphones and 
it took a while for people to get over just sort of porting desktop apps to mobile and realize that, hey, you can put, you know, a taxi app in your phone and pull out your phone on the street corner and an Uber will come and get you. And I think it's a very similar dynamic here with blockchain in that right now people are just trying to take basically mobile apps or web apps and slap a payment token on top and call it a dApp. And I don't, maybe some of those will be successful, but I don't think that's particularly interesting. I think there are some native applications of blockchain and token technology that will be a lot more compelling. And we've seen a little bit of that kind of with, you know, this idea of digital scarcity and digital collectibles like CryptoKitties or CryptoKitties or Crypto All-Stars. And I think, uh, or even like plots of land with Decentraland. Um, So I think that's sort of an early promising area of like what will be sort of the compelling native applications for for end users. But um, I still think there's a lot of sort of exploration that we as a community will will need to do there before we really unlock a lot of the the most promising applications of blockchains. Thank you. That was really insightful. You know, I think one of the areas you touched upon that's actually one of the more fascinating debates in the crypto space right now is the platform wars and trying to figure out which platform, maybe it's a few of them, will ultimately win, whether it's Ethereum, Tezos, EOS, Zilliqa, uh, Definity. There's a lot of interesting projects being built right now that are going to compete with Ethereum. How do you think about what it takes for a platform to win, both in terms of developer mindshare? Is it ease of use for, de- for developer coding? Um, is it the community? Is it the, is it the scalability? Um, what do you think will, will factor into which platform ultimately uh, emerges as the, as the clear winner? Uh, this is an interesting thing to think about. And my current position is I think you know it's mostly about the developer community. So if you look at all the different smart contract platforms, Ethereum right now just has a massive lead in, in developer mindshare over sort of these newer players. And I think that's something that's going to be difficult for new entrants to overcome. And I think it's also sort of partly this idea of you know building things from you know, the ground up, shipping stuff quickly and kind of letting the ecosystem evolve naturally, um, which is more or less, you know, what Ethereum did as opposed to, you know, raising hundreds of millions or in some cases billions of dollars and designing a sort of theoretically perfect system that is almost like this perfect cathedral and then you build it and you launch it. It's still not clear to me that, uh, you know, no matter how much money you have, how you're going to be able to convince people to, leave Ethereum, uh, which has, in my opinion, a very strong community, a very positive community, one that's very focused on pushing the industry forward, um, and one also that isn't afraid of doing hard forks to build new features in. So you know, I think it's, it's not out of the question that if some very interesting work gets done by some of these new platforms, that that could get added into Ethereum, um, particularly early on right now, where you know you have, for better or worse, probably some degree of of centralization among the core devs where they're able to push things in um, that are good for the ecosystem long term. So I think uh, I think it's my current view is that it's all about the community. And right now, Ethereum just has a massive uh, lead and advantage there. In the crypto space, what are the projects that you are personally most excited about? I think it's, again, what I understand the best is infrastructure. What I can sort of see the gaps that are there most clearly is infrastructure. Uh, so things like uh, Truebit, which is doing scalable off-chain computation. I really like the privacy coins um, like Dash and Zcash and Monero, uh, a few others. I like the other smart, smart contract platforms, even though I'm not convinced that they'll be able to sort of overtake Ethereum. But Definity is, is very interesting. 
uh, Tezos, uh, Zilliqa, a lot of these guys. Um, Quantstamp is doing a lot of interesting work around formal verification. Really, I think those are the projects that are that are working on the core infrastructure, the developer tooling, or enabling these future dApps. These are the ones that are right now at least the most interesting to me. What are some predictions you have for the evolution of crypto in 2018? Sure. So I think what's most exciting um, about 2018 is that there's a real possibility that a lot of these you know, new smart contract platforms that people have been working on, a lot of the core infrastructure, um, including the new Cypher, is going to start going live either on testnet or in some cases even mainnet uh, this year. You know, so I think we're going to see a lot of these um, you know, white papers and in theoretical sort of thought experiments start to go actually live and see how they actually hold up uh, in the real world and in production. Um, and that will be, I think, a very exciting thing to see be involved in and you know, and also just observe um, you know, what the results of that are. What mix of crypto assets do you personally own? Uh, I mostly own Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, obviously own a lot of to be launched uh, new cypher tokens as well. I'm really interested in, in the privacy coins um, like Zcash, Monero, uh, Dash, and a few others. Um, I think those have those are probably as like a store of value. Those are potentially the best position to potentially compete with Bitcoin in the, in the long term. And then I think uh, I I actually don't own any of them right now, but a lot of the decentralized exchange uh, tokens are also interesting. Final question. The crypto market is $330 billion today. What is your prediction for the valuation at the end of the year? Um, I don't know that I have an intelligent answer for this just because it's primarily driven, the entire space or valuation space right now is primarily driven by speculation and it's like virtually impossible to predict you know, what the sentiment is going to be at the end of the year. I think we'll probably see pretty huge swings in valuation in the space um, over the course of the year. So right now we're sort of just coming out of uh, a low. Um, we'll probably swing up super high and probably swing back down low. Um, I think just the theme of the year is probably going to be volatility, just as it is basically every year. Um, I do think that there will be a meaningful increase in the actual utility value of the space versus just right now it's probably 99% speculative value. Um, but I think the actual sort of real utility value will increase significantly. It's, it's hard to parse out or split out, you know, what amount of value you should assign to utility versus speculation um, out of the whole market cap. To summarize the key takeaways from our conversation with the new Cypher team today, one, blockchains are transparent ledgers that will require data privacy tools. Two, New Cypher is an infrastructure-level protocol designed to help decentralized applications manage and protect important data sets. Three, the data privacy layer for blockchain apps is crucial to the growth of the industry. Four, end users won't see New Cypher under the hood, but New Cypher will be used by blockchain developers. Thank you for listening to the show. We're trying to make the crypto ecosystem more mainstream and welcoming, so if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review in iTunes and share this with one person you know who is trying to learn more about crypto technology. You can reach me on Twitter at Zachary DeWitt or email me at Zach at wing.vc.